So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away their approach from Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. Verse 10, now the children of Israel came, uh, camped sorry, in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. Verse 11, and they ate of the produce of the land on, that, uh, on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So um, I want to talk to you briefly about um, which again, I think it's very encouraging and hopefully it lands with you all and we'll pray at the end. Um, but what I, I believe can often be the great misconception of the promised land. Meaning we have kind of an inherent mentality on what the promised land is supposed to look like and ultimately will, but there's actually a great misconception about it. And I want to hopefully encourage some of you. I think a lot of you will be like, whoa, I'm actually in a promised land and don't even know it. And, and a lot of things like this because we can miss it there. And I love this about God, his nature. He's very unlike us. Created us in his image, but then we messed the whole thing up and veered from that quite, quite a ways. So he sent his son to reverse that. So this whole journey is literally trying to become more like Jesus to get back into the image of God, the renewal of the mind, leaning into all that he has done. And um, so I love this. So, so to kind of build a backdrop to it, where we're at is the children of Israel, of course, have been in the wilderness with Moses. You even rewind further back, you know, they're um, in Egypt under Pharaoh. You go all the way back to Abraham. So the promised land, many of us know, was a promise initially given to Abraham, forefather of our faith, goes all the way back to Abraham. And I love this because this like promise has been building for so long, it's this grand, the promised land. You know, We all know it kind of in the Christian lingo, we share it a lot, I do, I love it. Aspiring to walk in all that God's called us to. I still feel the presence, <laughs> kind of like swimming. Freestyle. Backstroke. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want, you want the, the breaststroke? I don't know all the other ones, but but you know this this culminating like incredible the promise and look Abram, Abraham, I've called your people. I want to let you know there'll be a four hundred year window. They're going into bondage, but it's all unto. This, you know, we would look at it as Jesus being our kind of modern day promised land. And I think we don't realize quite often when you step in, it normally doesn't look like we would think how we love things to be. And, and to me, this is very encouraging. So I hope today is just an encouraging word. Like, oh, praise God. Like, I'm where I need to be. And I just thought it was supposed to look like this. And, and um, so this whole thing's building, you know, all the way through. And also what I think is um, quite interesting with, with the journey in God, again, I think should be super kind of light bulb going off like, wow, because I, I think we don't always take this into consideration. But quite often, not always, but quite often, even the biblical way, 
is in the earlier years of walking with the Lord, a lot of the wow and God wooing you in a lot of the sis boom ba of God to you, meaning, you know, just that it really catches you by surprise, that the wow and the supernatural, it's usually more condensed and prominent in the early years. A lot of us think it's the reverse. It never leaves. That's who he is. But there's something to be said about depth. When you start going from milk to chewing meat, it deepens, and you don't always need the wow and the sign. When you see, like, Gideon, remember he asked for the sign, and we do this, I preach this, I love it. But he's just starting. And you see all the way from through the wilderness. I mean, he's, he's kind of having to baby them. Everything's supernatural. Pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, bread from angels coming out of the sky. And then you get into the promised land and everything like, just shuts off. And a lot of times we think it's the reverse, that the wilderness is where it's dry and you step into the promised land and all the boom, the fireworks of heaven go off and all this. It's actually quite backwards. And, and I want this to be encouraging, like, oh, I may be stepping deeper into maturity with God. That may be why the fireworks aren't going off anymore. He trusts me more now. He's putting more weight and responsibility on me to occupy the land. He's not, you know, he's not spoon feeding and all this stuff. And you see the progression in scripture. And I kind of love it. I'm like, wow, God, you're so good. I just think we often, we don't mean to. But, you know, we just create these scenarios, you know. You see them throughout like movies and all these Hollywood scenes and they're totally fake. You know, you know what I mean? And I don't even watch any of it, but I know enough and I came out of the world. But meaning, like how many of you, a normal marriage would go watch some like incredible just Hollywood, they're dancing through the roses and everything's perfect. It's like, that's not real. Like you wake up, their breath smells like, you know what I mean? Their marriage, like, just, I'm just saying they don't show you all that in, um, in the movies. And so, but we, we don't mean to, we create this, this kind of plastic facade, this magazine cover thing. And the promised land is often rugged, real, raw. The supernatural valve gets cut off, and we never see this. So, so um, I love this. And, and so let's back up and read it again after I've said that. So it, Verse 8. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people. Let's just stop right there. This is, okay. Yeah, and, and I'm going to give you three pointers. I hope they, they, they land. It worked out to where they're all peas. I normally am not that type preacher, but it worked out. So hopefully it'll, it'll land. But, um, you know, again, backing up this, this wilderness, this we're all going where to the promised land. You heard about the promised land, land flowing in milk and honey. This is it. 400 years. Oh, yeah, this started back with Abraham. This is the big thing. And they're going on this entire journey, finally come out from under Egypt by crazy wonders, crazy supernatural. Their leader is like doing this with his hand, leprous, clean. He's throwing staffs down, snakes, like it's wild, turning blood to water. Pillar of fire by uh, night, pillar of fire by day, angelic food. Psalm 78 calls manna the bread of angels. I believe angels are literally delivering it just out of the vast, their baskets, you know, in the mid heavens every, every morning. Manna. And um, then they come up to, even to cross over, well, get out of, Red Sea splits, you know. Um, they go through the wilderness, bananas, um, striking rocks, water coming out, you know, all this. You get to the Jordan, it even splits. They're like, oh my gosh, this is it. Moses even got disqualified, didn't even get to go in. 
to this promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. This is going to be crazy, guys. Like, can you imagine? Everybody's like, the buildup. Literally, Jordan splits. They step in, and day one, they haven't even eaten the Passover meal yet. The Lord's like, welcome, everybody. Everybody's getting circumcised. We're cutting flesh off, day one. He, there was no, like, balloons and confetti. Like, welcome to the promised land. So this is, this is uh, one... I just want to, um, even if you're taking notes, I uh, have number one, one of the great indicators you've stepped into the promised land is pruning, circumcision. Um, this speaks of cutting away of the flesh that you have carried over from the wilderness season. It won't fly. I love this about God. I'm seeing it more and more. He's not like us in this way. We're very um, in the moment. And I love that. We could, should continue to be. But you would think after all this like buildup and his promise to his people, he would take it a little easier once you step into the promised land. Like, okay, surprise, you know, some big, who knows, hoorah party. He's like, no, everybody, we're cutting flesh. Day one, because he's going somewhere with it. And so pruning, you know, circumcision, cutting away of flesh that you have carried over from the wilderness season, an intense refining process. This is what this does. Painful often. How many of you love to get pruned? It's just glorious. <laughs> Lord comes out of heaven with the pruning shears. You're like, you know, hiding your branches and stuff. Yeah. It, it's not fun. I don't, I've never found a verse where it's like, you will love the pruning season, you know. Sprint to that one. <laughs> and so, uh, but I love that this is in the word. They literally step into over the, pro the land flowing with milk and honey. He totally trapped them. It's, you're going to love it. Milk, honey everywhere. Stepped in. Circumcision. But um, an intense refining process, painful often, and even a time of healing needed. So these are really encouraging to me because often we think, don't we? Promised land is like, no, there ain't no pruning there. This is not circumcision. That was all wilderness. This is, you know, glory and milk and honey. And, um, and so you see it, but it says they had just crossed over. Moses had to stay on the other side. They just crossed the bank, hadn't even taken the Passover meal yet. And the Lord's like, all right, everybody must be circumcised or we can't continue forward. Verse eight. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till, till they were healed. So often pruning, refining, healing process. This is what the promised land does. Really awesome. Very encouraging as we read forward in verse 9. Then Joshua, uh, the Lord sorry, said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the approach from Egypt, uh, Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the, the place is called Gilgal to this day. Verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. Here's another one. The next P. Plains. Plains are the worst place you want to be in. They're the lowest of the low, flat boring, no contrast. This is the first abode of the promised land. Later comes the conquering in Jericho and the angel of the Lord of hosts. But the, if, if you're first stepping into the promised land, this is what it often looks like. Pruning and plain dwelling. Listen to what this represents. Dwelling, the dwelling of the flat land, often boring by perception. Not much contrast in the terrain, 
typically no trees to seemingly cover you for shade and or give off beauty. Plains aren't even, plateaus are a little better. They're, they're ascended flatlands. They're at least high. <laughs> you have a little bit of a view. Plains are the lowest. Of the, plains are not even a valley to where you get the runoff from the mountains and the water. And the, they're just flat, just out in the middle of nowhere. There's no trees, no beauty, very predictable, mundane, flat. So I, I love for us to hear this. When they stepped over to the promised land, we read past these things. There's instant pruning, time of healing, plain dwelling. So start thinking, I hope this will bless some of you guys, like, whoa, that's been my life. Well, you may be in the promised land. The early stages, you're like, heck no, I thought it was milk and honey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's coming. But I love this about God. Like, literally, I, I can, well, I'll, I'll continue, but if I remember, there's something I could just visualize how I love this about him, and I want to become more like him, because his way just works. It's just truth. It's the way. And we put these overimposed filters on life and we think it ought to be how it is and it, it's not. And it can make it harder to go through seasons than they need to be. Do you guys know what I'm saying? When you don't see it how it really should be by the Lord, it makes it harder because we're always thinking it's supposed to be this way. He's like, okay, how you think it? This is how it is. Pruning, plain dwelling. Um, watch the next one. Um, now, yeah, verse 10 uh, we'll read that one again. Now, the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover of the, of the, on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho, verse 11. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain. That's horrible. <laughs> Look it up when you have time. Parched grain, they literally didn't have anything. It's, it's dry roasted. They threw grain. They, they got out of some wheat, threw it on a fire that they had to build. And just heated it up. There's no oil, season, nothing. No, nothing. It's just dry roasted grain. Just kind of, you're parched when you eat it. You're thirsty. Like it's just, it's, this is promised land. The early stages. But I think if we're not careful, we can step in and be like, yo, this isn't the one. Wrong door. It's, that's somebody else's promised land. This ain't mine. I've been going 400 years waiting for this thing. This is the, this, where's the confetti and the balloons and the surprise, you know, all that. And this is funny. This is what I was thinking of earlier because I'll maybe forget when I get, keep going. I can just picture the humor, you know, like God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, like on the, this side, of, they're in the promised land. And I mean, all the buildup, the excitement, like they're talking like this is it. Moses didn't even make the cut. This is crazy. This is the spot. It's going to be insane. Get your seatbelts on. Jordan splits. They cross over. It's like pruning planes and parched grain. And like you see, God's like, he's super excited. Like, you know what I mean? Holy Spirit has gotten little poppers at Christmas. You know, it's like, they're like, no, retreat. This is not what we, we thought. You know, and again, I pray to be encouraging, like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're so good. I didn't, I didn't know the, the initial seasons sometimes of what you've been promising all this way is still out of your perfect goodness, kindness, love, because you know, you know if, I, if this flesh isn't cut off, I, I won't make it. it. It can't come from the old season and continue into the new, you know? And then the plain dwelling's great because the healing from the cutting off of the flesh needs to happen fully. And it, it needs to set in and 
and the parched grain. Listen to this, though. Uh, so, yeah, um, with the parched grain I have here, because you, you, you realize what we just read. As soon as they ate the produce of the land, it says the manna cut off. That was like a heavenly Uber Eats system. DoorDash, supernatural um, bread from heaven at their doorstop every morning. Easy. But now, like I mentioned earlier, they've got to go cut their own wood, build their fire, find grain, get the grain out, parch it. And you hear the reverse here? You would think the supernatural and God backing you and all the wow from heaven would increase in the promised land. But often it, it's in reverse. But it's his goodness because he can trust you now and you're deeper in him. You don't need all of the early, you know, I think often, and I've done this, we, and I promise you, you can do this before the Lord in prayer one day, say, Lord, and you start looking back and you look at the big wow moments in your early years. And you think, man, why didn't he always still do the, because you're growing up now. He doesn't have to spoon feed you and you sippy cups and, and those are amazing, but you'll often see like your main first encounters. Again, he still does it. You saw, man, the Holy Spirit, we're all for it. I just think there's something to be said, and you can see it in the word too, about this balance of depth, like, and just grit that the Lord's your portion. You don't care what land you're in. You don't care what the season is. You don't care if it's pruning or not. It's just, he's my portion. He fulfills me. I'm not moving. I'm glad to be here. Um, whether I, my perception was accurate or not. And, uh, but I love this about him. And, and so, but real quick, watch, uh, Oh, yes, sorry, that's what I was saying. The supernatural, you can think back when those big early moments of just, wow, God did this, or, you know, and you see it with the blinding light in Paul. And then later he's writing about long-suffering, patience, you know, involuntary fasting and just the grind. And then all of a sudden he's going to Rome and the Lord pops in the prison with him. He's like, hey, you'll be fine through suffering and things like this. And sometimes we think if we go deeper in the Lord, the things increase. Again, please hear me. They totally never leave. He's a God of the supernatural. But I think it's, it's incredible too when he finds a people that are so deep in him, they don't always need the big wow. Does that make sense? That, that makes me nervous when people are like, hold on, I need the big fleece and I need all the womb and the, um, I, I love John chapter 20. You can see it here. Um, Jesus is, is talking to Thomas when Thomas was doubting and wanted to see hole in his side and all this. And he said, uh, and Thomas was blown away because he, he really was like, oh my gosh, you are the Lord. And that's and true. And he says, uh, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. But I'm going to tell you right now, blessed are those that believe and have not seen. There's something to do with faith and grit and just raw. I don't need the wow and the pillars and the, I, we want it, I cry out for it. I'm just saying there's something about something deep within the bride that they're just steady. And there's by faith pleases God. You know, it's impossible to please God outside of faith. I believe there's many things that please him, loving him, yieldingness, obedience, ministering to him. But you can do none of those outside of faith. The only way to please God is in the context of faith. And faith is not by sight. And so where I'm getting at is they step into the promised land, this long age-old promise, and all the supernatural wow just shuts off. And they're now with their little machetes, hacking wood, building a fire and throwing crunchy parched grain on it. And, um, and so I, th I think that should be encouraging because sometimes I, I believe what we do is we want to retreat from the early stages of what truly is the promised land for us because we, we have a, a false perception of it. But um, parched grain... 
um, I have here, the supernatural often goes to the natural. The heavenly DoorDash service comes to an end. The manna from heaven comes to a screeching halt. The silver spoon treatment expires immediately. He starts entrusting you with more. There's a, it's actually an affirmation from God because there's more responsibility he's giving you. He's actually letting you do what Adam should have done before he messed it up, occupy the land. No, you name the animals. No, there's authority in you. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, 18, I've given you the power to get wealth. Something comes on you in a promised land um, season that's different than the old. And again, I think our mentality is the other way. We think it's supposed to get more supernatural, more God doing it all, and we're sitting back drinking lemonade. But it's, it's the reverse. And so... Um, I love this too. I have here in my notes, you know, because they step in. They're like, I thought it was a land flowing with milk and honey. We're crunching on parched grain in a plain, this, this flat healing from, from uh, being circumcised. And I have here, the Lord is like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you the land flowing with milk and honey. It's literally the land that's flowing with milk and honey. Go get it now. There's honey. You see the beehives over there? Tons of honey. You got to go on the inside. The bees, there's thousands of them. You're probably going to get lit up. But man, when you get to that honey, Holy Spirit, he's elbowing them. They're just excited about this new promised land. And we're thinking, I think I want the angels bringing bread to my doorstep. I'm used to the, just the app in the morning. I come up my tent, manna. He's like, no, no, yeah, isn't it? This is awesome. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. You have to, yeah, no, no, you. On the milk, yeah, it's the black and white cows. They're, they're over there, you know, in the back. And when you get close, watch your step. There's a lot of what they, they you know. They run from you, tent. typically they want to kick you. But hey, the milk, when you get it, ah. You know, and I think we don't see it. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. And so often, though, we think the promised land looks, and it's not that way. And I'm, I'm trying to renew my mind more to God's way. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. Like the God of the universe, actually his way is different than ours. You know, um, I, was, I was thinking even to just a fun, uh, several analogies, you could think of a million, but when we step through these big surprising windows, this is what this is of all time, Old Testament, just about the promise line, this long building promise. Um, you know, we have these big like celebrations that we set up, surprise, it could be a birthday party. We've got all the people coming over, it's this big hoorah. Um, you buy a new house, you know, you take the big key photo with the realtor and you're holding it, it's like, yay, cutting red ribbons. Um, there's just so many others, graduation, you could think of a ton of them. All the family comes out, it's cake, it's celebration, all this. The Lord's like polar opposite. I mean, you can see it crystal clear in scripture. He's right away pruning, he, he's not worried, I love this about him, he's, very emotional, cares about our heart. He's very loving, but also there's a side to him. He don't care if you like it or not. He's not into your emotions and whether you approve. He's not sentimental and what about, and I, care. I hope they're, they're okay with it. We, you know, no, this is what we do. Welcome. All right, right away, day one, give me 20 push-ups. <laughs> and circumcision, all flesh dies now. And I don't have you a nice little, you know, hut on the edge of the mountain overlooking the coast. Like, no, we're in the plains of Jericho. There's no up, there's no down, there's no trees. You know. Oh, no, the grain? Yeah, yeah, no. Hey, angels, shut it down, angels, no more bread. 
the grain now. Cook it, make it. You know, and people don't see this side. And so what we do is, and I've been guilty of this, we go, oh, brakes, pump the brakes fast. This is not promised land. You know, it was funny this morning. I was looking. J- just when you have time, look, just type in land flowing with milk and honey. Look up images on the internet, and it's all like just milk flowing through the, and honey, and like it's all these pictures that it's like not that at all. There is provision there, but you notice all that kind of comes to a screeching halt. Again, in a second, Jericho walls fall. There's still battle, though. And then sin comes in. Achan, he hides something from Jericho. That, that standard of holiness, it only increases. Sanctification only increases. I love that about the Lord. But I think there's something to be said that I, I hope would be encouraging to us. Like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Actually, I've been in one, and he's been pruning me. And I've been in a plane. It looks flat and kind of predictable. And like, where is the beauty? And it's so, you know, there's no contrast, terrain. That's what we love about Georgia. Uh, Louisiana is very flat. And there's hills and contrast and things like this. But the parched grain, all of it. And uh, I love that, though, about God. We step in. You would think, like, this is the big day. We can't mess this up. Like, this is there's going to be such excitement here. And he... He just was like, look, because you're stepping into a place of greater, again, depth, maturity in him. Um, and there's a joy there that's different than on the surface. And I pray we would become more attracted to these things and these ways of God that are, that are um, so beautiful. So I have here, um, yeah, let me read through. I touched on most of this, but God's version of, of entering into the promised land looks totally different it's often an instant reality check of going deeper in maturity as a believer. We should take it, take it as an affirmation like, well, I'm kind of qualified now. I don't need the babysitting anymore. You know what I mean? And not that you're better than, but it, it just happens. I'm telling you, it happens. You see it. Nobody gets around this. You step over and there's even deeper pruning and things like this. Uh, I have here, um, it's actually him entrusting you with the preparation of greater weight and responsibility that is to come. I'll say that again. This is super important, really. And I just, I think we don't want to go about living in some facade, make-believe magazine cover life. It's not real. The Bible's real. And you see, like, whoa, all this time, and here we go, drum roll, circumcision. <laughs> Planes. Wait, hold on. Where's the loft and the palm tree? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Parched grain? No, milk and honey. Well, I brought all my bagels and my, my muffins. I want the honey, you know. No, they're just throwing crunchy, dry grain. And right then, I bet they're like, dang it, Timmy, why'd you eat the grain? The manna shut off. You cut off the flow. Like, it says, as soon as the, we read it together, it says, as soon as they ate of the land, heaven, he cut off the spigot. And then we normally go, oh my gosh, I've walked in this all my years. I love the wow. And, the, and there was always that, that prophetic and the boom and the encounter. And you guys know us more than most. We love this. We do this. It's Bible. We teach it in part, all of it. But again, I think there's a healthy balance in Scripture that shows super clear. Like sometimes you step over and he cuts it off. He's like, all right, we're doing by faith now. I'm not going to show you a whole lot. The pillar of cloud? No, no, no. Pillar by fire? No, no. The manna? No, angels are on break now. They're, thank goodness. They're so wore out of your Uber app, you know, uh, DoorDash. Go cut you some wood, throw the grain on, and learn how to work the land. And again, we, we don't like that, you know, um, but it's good though. I have the overcoming, the incredible victories, 
the Jericho walls falling down, all of these come after. Oh, they'll come, but not if you short-circuit this. The, the pruning, the planes, and the parched grain. That was the peas that worked out. But we don't want to usurp that window, and sometimes it can be longer for others than, than others. Sometimes it's quick, but nevertheless, you see it's there. You're not getting around that. And so if we step into it, and we're like, yo, retreat, boys, retract. This is not um, what I signed up for. The Jericho walls never come. And he, you can be like, sometimes people step back over the Jordan and keep going around mountains again. And we want, we want to go through it and be like, yeah, I love this. I don't need the big confetti going off. If it's there, awesome. But if it's parched grain, I love it. Give me, give me a survival knife and, you know, let's, let's go in deep. Um, I have here, uh, I believe one of the greatest misconceptions in soon following casualties of the Christian life is that often we have actually obeyed rightly and been led right into the promised land. But once we get there, we have completely different expect- expectations And then if we aren't careful, we start trying to create other scenarios in our mind and begin looking for other lands of promise. This happens. And other doors of opportunity, thereby quickly getting out of sync with what God is doing in his precious timing and perfect ways of pruning. Did you guys hear that? I hope you did, yeah, because we will do that. We'll step in those early stages and be like, pruning, planes, parched grain, no, 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 no. And we're like immediately start looking like this can't be. And the manna stops, and you're like, wait, I, I remember it was always so wow, and there was always this, and the boom, and, the, and that stops, something's not right. And I want to encourage you often, you are smack dab in the middle of the will of God. You're in the promised land. Hoorah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm serious. God's a trip. I can see it. Holy Spirit's like, boom. <laughs> and they're like excited. See, aren't you? Isn't that awesome? Bees buzzing, muddy cows over here. It's all here. Milk and honey. You're like, no. No, that's not what I was thinking. (laughs) You know. Um, But, uh, yeah, out of sync with what God is doing in his precious timing and perfect ways of pruning, plain dwelling and parched grain. Um, I have her no longer sucking on the baby bottle of manna being delivered to your doorstep, but now working the land to ultimately occupy from his original design and plan. So we'll, I'll say this and we'll, we'll pray together. Um, but next time you wonder if you are in the promised land or not, the early stages, be sure to look for pruning, plain dwelling, and parched grain. Meaning the supernatural supply seemed to have shut off what you knew from years prior. Usually these are great indicators you're in the early stages. Whereas if I'm honest, I would have heard those be like, oh no, that's for sure wilderness stuff right there. Everything you just named, that's all wilderness. I stepped over now, across through the Jordan. It gets more wow here. And actually the biblical way is the reverse, but it sure makes about a beautiful people that look like Jesus over here. And, And that's what we want. You know, we want to yield more fully into his ways and trust him. And, uh, and it's so good. Again, I hope you guys hear me in balance that he never cuts those things off. It's incredible. But you do see it often initially to solidify things. Um, often, God will do this on a side note. He'll speak so profoundly in such a profound way through encounter to get you somewhere. This is another thing. I mean, there's so much here. But even to get them into the Jordan, I'll finish what I was saying first. Often God will speak to you 
to get you from point A to point B in such a profound way that it was, it was so God, there's no way it couldn't have been to move to point B. It had to have been. That was God. It was crazy. I mean, the Jordan that is always flowing, I've stood in it. It dried up. It cut in half and dried up as soon as the, the priests with the ark, the presence, put their foot in, their feet in. It splits. And so that's forever in their mind. They're like, no, this was God. Like, this branded me. And God will do this often. We don't realize this. So I'll just tell you my little thing that's, that's fun behind doors. When God goes out of his way to speak something super profound, I'm going, oh, yeah, there's going to be shaking to test that. You can take it to the bank. Because the more shaking that comes against what he told you, the more real you need how he told you. It can't be like, did he? No. I mean, if he comes to you with a burning bush, you better believe Pharaoh is going to be resisting you for over and over and over. If he hits you with a blinding light and knocks you off on the road to Damascus like Paul, you better believe you're about to lose your life every corner with persecution. So we want the big wow, but normally when he does that, it's early and it's something you can always reach back to hold on to. Be like, yep, yeah, no, I know he, I know, I saw it with my own eyes. He split that Jordan. So again, we love that and want it, but the reason he often does is because we step past it and it's like crickets. <laughs> Pruning, parched grain, no. But he split the Jordan, you know. And um, so that's often why he'll do it. But I love that because even to get you there, He'll often make it so like obvious and profound. But when you step into the deeper places of maturity with him in the promised land, a lot of that will start to cut back. And it's beautiful. I pray we find comfort there in knowing like I'm filled with the kingdom, the spirit. I love the wow. Don't need the wow. Blessed are they that believe and don't even need to see. If we do, awesome. You know, we're all for that. But um, you guys hearing me, this just this steady uh, quality it builds in people. And again, mainly to encourage you that you very likely could be in uh, a promised land chapter and, and you don't even know it because we, we have the wrong mentality often.